It's Movies, the podcast, featuring Nick and Ezra Stein and their dad. Are you not entertained? 88 miles per hour! Hasta la vista, baby. Yes, you're very smart. Welcome to Movies the Podcast. I'm the host for this week, Kevin. I'm one of the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? I'm Nick. <laughs> I'm Ezra. Okay, good. Since we got that out of the way. Um, let's lead into this week, guys, with, uh, well, we'll introduce the topic with a story. So last time on the podcast, I probably spent a significant amount of time trashing this one movie in particular. And that is the movie Lady Bird. And I just didn't get it the first time I watched it. I think I was tired. Um, but I recently watched it again, and I did a complete 180. I I loved the movie. I thought it was well acted. I thought it was well written. I thought there were great characters. And frankly, I didn't know what I was thinking the first time I saw it. So I was kind of like, I felt like I need to come on the air and kind of apologize and say, I, I was wrong, and I could admit that I was well, wrong. That is your area of expertise. So, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so if we're doing a, an official public apology, I feel deep and tremendous shame <laughs> for my previous opinion. I am going to take significant steps. I won't name what they are, but the whole thing was Ezra's fault in the first. No, place. no, I'm not blaming Ezra. <laughs> I'm saying I'm going to take steps in the future to not trash movies that maybe I've only seen one time or I watched them when I was. A little tired but uh, anyway so I was thinking about the topic today since it was my turn and I thought what better topic to do than movies that you've changed your mind about so movies that on first viewing you were not too enthusiastic about and then you suddenly decided I actually like this movie or if you like the movie and then you know down the road you're like oh man that was pretty bad actually so so that's the topic for today uh, I'd like to start with you guys since I've already created such a long introduction. I don't know if I really thought of a lot that I um, disliked and then ended up liking. Really? Later. Yeah. So not most, one? Most of mine. Are I just couldn't think of one. Most of yours are on the other side? Yeah, I will most say. Or on that side. One of them I had that. Oh, on that side. Maybe. One of them I had that went from dislike to like was um, Shrek. <laughs> I think Shrek is like, it kind of, it's a. It falls in the category of a lot of DreamWorks movies where it kind of looks weird, like the animation's kind of weird, and maybe some of the humor is kind of crude. I like it on this fight and it's so silly that made. What he's basically saying is he likes to get paid. But it's actually like some of the jokes in there are surprisingly like really it's kind got, of funny and it plays on a lot of like classic fairy tales. So yeah, it's got a lot, it's a lot smarter than yeah. people give it credit for. Okay, Ezra, let's, let's go, so let's stay on that side, movies that you disliked initially and then you liked? Um, I wouldn't, this one I didn't necessarily completely dislike the first time I watched it. I was just kind of lukewarm on it. But then the more I watch it, the more I end up liking it and it's Tenet. Oh, okay. Because I remember seeing that in the theater and being totally confused, but thinking like there was some cool stuff in there. I think that's true for a lot of Christopher Nolan movies. Like, I find myself, after watching one of his movies in theaters, being like, that was entertaining, but I need to watch it again. You know, like, you can't really make a judgment on it until you've seen it a few times, because that's yeah. Christopher Nolan for you. I've kind of decided that I should not watch 
even though Christopher Nolan movies are big events and you want to see them in the theater, another part of me is like, I should never watch another Christopher Nolan movie without subtitles because I have no idea what's going on. You can't hear the dialogue. Yeah, I will admit that as much as I love Tenet now, the sound mix is a problem. <laughs> Documents are vulnerable to the fire. Absolutely. I was trying to say water damage for the supremacy system. We don't use sprinklers. The facility is flooded with halide gas. Displacing all the air with insects. It's atrocious. It's, you kind of need the subtitles. Well, we ta- I think we talked about this before, but he basically admitted, yeah, my sound is trash, but I'm hopeful that the technology will catch up in the next few years where I can continue to do what I'm doing and they'll be able to record the dialogue better in the future. That's stupid. Just turn the volume up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think too. But that like that's a technology the... catch up. We've literally got the technology here in the podcast studio. It's just a matter of pushing the button forward. That's yeah. a that's a good one though, Ezra. You both chose movies that I've actually thought I should I should give that one another visit. I did like Tenet the first time. Yeah. I thought it had some interesting stuff, but I was super confused. It's it gets more comprehensible the more you watch it but also the more you watch it the more you realize that a lot of it you don't really need to get you just kind of go with it yeah it's the way it's paced is just like there's this mission that they're doing now and then you just like lock into that mode watch them play it out and then the next thing happens so it's less about the whole complex overarching plot yeah and more about like the minute to minute I, i love that argument except when you're watching a movie for the first time, you do not know what yeah. you need to know, what you don't need to know. Yeah. <laughs> so you're paying attention to every detail. Remember, we just watched, uh, you weren't there for this, you were busy, but we, we had family movie night, and at our house, family movie night, it was uh, Predator. <laughs> <laughs> if it bleeds, we can kill it. So we just rewatched that. Recently. So we watched that an edited version with uh, Lucy, who's fourteen, and the whole first part of the movie, she's like, "I don't know what's going on. What is this? Mi- <laughs> what is this mission that they're doing?" And I'm like, "Lucy, it doesn't matter. They're just trying to establish these are tough guys. They're in the jungle, and then you know, eventually the the alien will start hunting them." And it's true. Yeah, none of that matters. Yeah. And, but at the time, she was watching it uh, for her very first time, and she didn't know. Like whether that was important. Or yeah. Not. So, so yeah, we'll give that. I'll give that one another try. That's a good one. I watched a video essay on Tenet, and I still didn't get it. <laughs> I watched so many YouTube videos after yeah. that was over, and I'm like, okay, I kind of understand the basic. It's not like other Christopher Nolan movies where it's a matter of just like picking up all the details that you missed on the first watch. It's an actual like, almost like an equation that you have to be able to understand in order to get. The whole concept behind the entire movie, you know. Yeah, when you watch like Dunkirk, there you're not confused by any of the plot. Yeah, you're not thinking like, how do airplanes work? You know, it's just like maybe <laughs> maybe you miss you miss like a big plot detail or something. Yeah. Okay. Well, I did Lady Bird. I changed my mind. You did Shrek, and then um, we have Tenet. Any others that jump out at you as movies that moved a bit? Um, one other one um, was The Power of the Dog from a few years ago, which we all watched together, and we were all like, yeah, that was pretty good. And then a couple months later, they ended up playing it at the movie theater. So I was like, I'll check that out again. And then the second time, I was like, whoa. That's like, once you know, going into it knowing where 
it's all building towards, you're like, this is kind of like a perfect movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. I have not watched that twice yet, so I'll put that on my list. But I was thinking another one that I've only seen once that would probably have a greater impact the second time is Phantom Thread. Yeah. Because that one, you know, you don't know what's going on. I'm trying to think. Another one for me, I talk about this all the time, but there's some, there's something about Mary that that was, did you see that one? Nah. You, did you see that one? There's something about Mary? Uh-uh. You were daydreaming. This is typical Nick. What? Like, his dad's <laughs> talking. Um, <laughs> but something about Mary is a, is a Farrelly Brothers movie, you know, sort of crude and raunchy, but I watched that in the movie theater while I had the flu. You heard of this thing, the eight minute abs? Yeah, sure, eight minute abs. Yeah, the uh, exercise video. Uh -huh. Yeah, well, this is going to blow that right out of the water. Listen to this seven minute abs. I apologize to anybody that was also in the theater at the time. But, you know, we didn't. <laughs> I didn't throw up or anything. You're still contagious. <laughs> but we were, uh, so the, it was playing in the downtown Cedar Theater, and our first apartment was uh, right in that H&R Block building next to the old pizza factory. And we had no air conditioning. It was, it was in the summertime. It was so hot, and I thought, I'm just going to pay $2 and go see that movie. And I sat through two dollars. Yeah, because it was that it was a cheap. The oh, second, <laughs> yeah, <the> second. <laughs> like it was a month or two into the release. I was like, "What year were you born again?" And I was so <laughs> I was so nauseous the whole time, and no surprise, I was like, "This isn't funny at all." And then I watched it uh, a while later, and I thought it was absolutely mm -hmm. hilarious. But Rushmore was one. Did you like that one? I loved that one. Yeah, from the very beginning. Yeah. Did you see that one, Nate? I haven't seen Rushmore. That's uh, one I haven't seen. Rushmore, uh, Jason Schwartzman is in it. If and you, you, I love Jason. He's great. He's amazing. But that's actually the first movie I ever saw him in. Really? So I, I didn't realize to the extent he was acting. I should have known because it's a movie, right? But I'm like, <laughs> this kid's so weird, you know? Like, <laughs> and it's a Wes Anderson. I should have expected it, but I didn't really connect to his character. And then after I watched some other Jason Schwartzman performances, I went back to Rushmore and I'm like, he's amazing in that. And Bill Murray yeah. is amazing in it too. So that whole relationship just with him and Bill Murray and that is just hilarious. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. I want, I want to get your mom to watch that again. Cause she, she watched it with me and she didn't like it the first time. So <laughs> Ezra, do you have any others on the dis? Not necessarily disliked, but you could have been lukewarm or it moved in a positive direction for you. Um, yeah, there was actually one this week, um, a couple of years ago, there was this movie called We're All Going to the World's Fair that came out. Marshmallow melting, melting, melting. It's like a super low budget independent movie. I never even heard of it. It, it premiered at Sundance and then oh, it got a lot of like positive buzz from critics. So I was like, I'll check this out. And it was, I was like, this is so boring. But that director's second movie just barely premiered at Sundance last week and was getting like rave reviews from everyone who saw it. So I was like, maybe I should give that another well, chance. What was that second movie? It's called I Saw the TV Glow. Oh, I never heard of that one either. So <laughs> I, I, I gave it another shot and I was like, and it just like totally clicked for me this time. Okay. But yeah. it's one of those movies where it's like really slow just like about this one character and nothing like really happens. No major events happen. 
So you, it's one where you got to be like in the right mood for. Yeah. But that second time, it just like totally like struck a chord. Well, that kind of that kind of that comment reminds me of how you, when you said you have to be in the mood for it. I find it kind of interesting that we could watch a trailer or read something about a movie and have a perception of the kind of movie it's going to be and then wait until you're in the right mood. Because we're doing that right now. We've got um, past lives on Plex waiting. You and I have just been waiting to watch it. And every night we're kind of like, is this the night we're in, in the mood for a, a slow-burning character movie where all the acting is done not through dialogue but through facial expressions? <laughs> it's supposed to be an amazing movie, but it's you know that's what I've been reading about it. Is that what you've been reading about it too? Yeah. So I, I have a feeling I'm going to enjoy it a lot as a character movie, but like... I shouldn't watch it at like eleven o'clock at night. You know? Yeah, not yeah. just yeah, not just because it's what you're in the mood for, but you might not even appreciate it correctly. You know, yeah. and then it might be one of those cases where you have to go back and appreciate it better the second time. Okay, so rapid fire movies that I didn't like that I did like, and then we'll move over to the other one, Armageddon. Um, actually, that should be on the other side. <laughs> That's really? on the wrong list. That I, like. I, I liked it initially, and then it went down for me. I like Armageddon. <laughs> um, Alien 3. That's, I like that one. I didn't like it at first because it wasn't Alien or Aliens, but now I appreciate it yeah. for what it is. Nick, you are going to freak about this one, but National Treasure. <laughs> I, I did not. I think I'll, I think I'll actually uh, cut that screen out and put in a new one that's a little bit better. <laughs> but National Treasure, everyone's like, this is a, the the first great adventure movie since Indiana Jones. And I, I wouldn't it. go that far. I, I know, but I hate when they oversell that. Yeah. And so I was seeing this movie at a time in my life where I was kind of more like a film snob. And I was like, I don't know about this movie. This isn't, you know, and then, and then after I saw it with you guys, when you were younger, I was like, this is great. Yeah. It's fun. It's great. I love movie. it. Yeah. So, okay, let's move over movies that I liked. And then, disliked who wants to start nick um one i had on my list was uh kingsman have you seen that yeah that one with like the spy uh, agency yeah. this is our standard issue pistol it's quite unique as you'll see it also fires a shotgun cartridge for use in messy close range situations and colin farrell yeah i think that we're not colin farrell you Colin you liked it and then now i i liked it the first time i watched it and the first time i watched the second one i thought it was terrible but the first one I thought was good. And then I went back and rewatched the first one. I was like, no, they're both terrible. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I haven't still, seen the second I, one. I haven't seen the second one, but I still like the first I, one. I, I watched the first one, and that it was really fun. I've only seen it once, though. Me too. Maybe I need to watch it again for the potential of ruining it for me. I like Colin yeah. first. He's he's a good actor, but I think that the... You don't like the other guy? What's his name? Oh, I like it. Oh, no. All of those guys are great. It's got a good cast. Um, It's also got uh, Samuel L. Jackson as the bad guy. But the whole plot of, like, I mean, maybe maybe it's supposed to, like, honor the genre by having, like, over-the-top stakes. But, like, his plot that he's going to, like, hack into the brain of everybody and make them evil and then, like, the rich are going to just, like... It's it's really stupid to me, and then like some of the writing is really terrible. Too. I do, I think that's a thing with all Matthew Vaughn. Movies. Yeah, and then obviously he's Matthew got Vaughn. a really juvenile. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is Matthew Vaughn like there's like the juvenile? Yeah, I can humor. see that. I usually yeah. don't like that kind of humor, and also yeah. 
the screenplay is one of the most important elements of any film to me personally. Mm -hmm. so. I think it was entertaining on the first watch because like it's got some it's got some interesting stuff, you know, it's got the character of just like the guy who becomes, you know, a gentleman spy and they've got like yeah. the cool gadgets and stuff, but upon rewatching it it just like there was nothing beyond that. So the yeah. gim the gimmicks kind of carry it. And then once that's not as fresh and new anymore, then the other weaknesses start yeah. become more clear. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I was right. See that. Um, one for me was Spider Man No Way Home, which I saw in the theater opening night and was like, that was amazing. That was so fun. I love seeing these Spider Man that I grew up with interacting together. I was like, that was a great time. And then a few months later, when it came out on video, I tried to watch it again. I was like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> well, yeah. To me, it, to me, that's one of those movies you kind of have to appreciate for what it is. Because looking back on it, it is like one of the greatest theater going experiences of my life. And still, like, I get excited when I watch, like, clips of, like, theaters when, like, the actors from the previous movies come out and everyone freaks out, like, and I get some secondhand like excitement, like because it was it was crazy. And then, but yeah, like if if you're just gonna sit down and watch it, it's it's not that great. Well, <laughs> it looks really ugly. The writings makes like no sense. The whole plot to get all of the Spider-Man together is just so contrived. Well, I, and and it's even more contrived on the bad guy side to get those guys together. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I hated it the first time. And uh, so I, I'm glad I was on the right side. on <laughs> The right side of yeah. history. It's uh, also like two and a half hours long, which is insane. Well, don't, for... get, don't get me started on, on the length of these movies these days. There, here's the reality, though. Um, if it's a movie that you really like and it's good, you'll watch it for four hours. I don't think length. And if it's yeah. a dumb movie, you don't want it to last more than it. I don't think length has anything to do with it except for, yeah, too much of a bad thing yeah. versus too much of a good thing. But. I think it was, was it? there was Killers of the Flower Moon that just came out, and that didn't feel like three and a half hours or four. No, that was that was fantastic. But I think I think I'm gonna say it: the Marvel movies are too long. Every single one of those could be ninety minutes. They're too long. Even Endgame, which I think is a good movie and a good wrap up to like the era of Marvel that was decent, like too long. I, I think, think Endgame is yeah. too long. Yeah. Um, but then you've got. Matt Reeves, Batman on the other side, which I think is also too long. Do you think so? Was, I think it it could be maybe tightened up in the last a little bit, a little like bit. twenty minutes, maybe. Yeah, I think but so. I I don't think it's like a huge flaw. It's just like it could have been a little better. But no, no, I'm not trashing I it. I I actually like that movie a lot, and I yeah. I like Robert Pattinson. Oh, we did. Ezra did uh, show me Good Time. Watch Good Time. Did I, you like it? Oh, it was fantastic. It's really exciting, yeah, huh? I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Have you seen Uncut Gems? No. I'm working on that's it. next. I did that, yeah. Okay. I bet. It's funny you mentioned Spider-Man because I have the to all the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans on my list as movies that I really liked when I was younger because it 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 elevated Spider-Man to a new level. Yeah. Those were so cool at the time. I think that- Now you watch them and they're they're not that great, actually. Well, I, I think it's- very strongly disagree with that. You think they're fan they're great? The first two, yeah. Especially two, two is like fantastic. It's like a perfect comic book. Movie. I agree. You think so? I think I it's think so that like, there's. I love how like stylized and pulpy it is. It's just like you have to, and you so have to, well executed. You have to give some lenience for the fact that like 
movies age, you know, and so especially movies that are so heavy on special effects, they're going to get more and more dated with time. But the key elements of like story and especially like character, um, I think Sam Raimi really killed it. Yeah. And then I just love his like style. I was going to say Jeff Daniels is actually my favorite Spider-Man. <laughs> I think that reference would uh, not go over too well. But I did. That went straight over my head. Come on, let's go find that spider. And let's find your mom to take care of that spider. Honey, we're in the living room. We need you to kill a spider. Wait, you, don't, you still don't get it? Jeff Why is Daniels. Jeff Daniels a Spider-Man? Spaceballs. No. <laughs> this is a total dad joke. No wonder you're not queuing into it. His... Why is Jeff Daniels a Spider-Man? Because he... What movie was he in with spiders? Ah, his interactophobia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have to admit, that is, that's a really good joke. You like that one? That's a good joke. Oh, that's funny. just wait till mom listens. To I She's going to say, I can't he's, believe it. If you had it, said but... John Goodman, I would have got it. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't keep track of Jeff Daniels' career. <laughs> um, I... I do. The funny thing about these lists is, uh, we we decided not to do the love hate thing. Like I love these movies and now I hate them. With the Spider Man movies, the Tobey Maguire ones, I I still like them. I just think like it's gone down over the years for me a, a bit. Honestly, that's know. the rest of my list is just like superhero movies. The nostalgia of it has gone down as they've yeah. gotten older. Yeah, I thought maybe we should make room for some movies that. You were even positive, and you did this too already, Ezra, but you're positive about, and then they get like, they become classics. Yeah. Like one for me is uh, Inglorious Bastards. First time I saw that, totally enjoyed it, liked it, would have probably put it in the middle of Quentin Tarantino's movies. And now I think I put it at number two. Right? Under Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Yeah, so... So over the years, that one has just climbed and climbed and climbed the more I've seen it. So I know you loved it right away. Yeah. Any others like that for you where you're like... Where it's gotten better over time. Where you you liked it, but now it's like a classic. But maybe you didn't recognize it as a classic the first time you saw it. You were just kind of like, yeah, that's good. An interesting question. Monster Squad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. We didn't list that. Okay, I've already, I've already apologized for Ladenberg. Let me also apologize for showing you Monster Squad, but it, it wasn't just that it was bad, right? It was that I like hyped it up so <laughs> yeah. much. I think if you had just said like this is like a goofy, well, and usually movie, I, I might have liked it. Like growing up when you would show us movies, I don't, I can't think of really any other time where you showed us something where it was like, what was he thinking? That was, you know. And then you come out with this movie and you're like, this movie's so fun. I watched it as a kid. It's You guys are going to love it. And then it was literally one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Well, I have to admit that when I was watching it with you, I felt that pain too. <laughs> because not only did I have the pain of watching the movie, I had the pain of feeling like I was a poor father. So that made it even worse. <laughs> or that I had lied to you or deceived you somehow. Um, but I, after that, I learned a life lesson there. I no longer recommend movies just straight up that I haven't seen for more than 10 or 15 years <laughs> without qualifying it and saying, yeah. you know, I think you'll like this. I haven't seen it for a while, but did you think of one for the last question? The last now? question. Um, well, there's a lot of movies that I liked the first time and then I just like rewatch a lot 
and then be like, wait, I watched this movie like twice a month. This is a five-star movie, which one of those for me is The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. You Wow, that's a dark movie yeah. to be watching like twice a month. Do no, you remember when he said that comfort was his comfort movie? movie? Yeah. It's one of them. Yeah, yeah. He and said his, it was his comfort movie. And his movie. favorite band is Radiohead. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Ezra's more angsty than you think. Yeah, he is more yeah. angsty. Maybe you should go watch the Twilight movies. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Those are pretty angsty too, but yeah. I, I actually, I like that movie a lot. I think it's great. Yeah. But, um, one movie, one, one movie that became definitely a classic, as long as we're on the subject of Spider-Man, is uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which when I saw the trailer for that, I was actually skeptical because it's so kind of like, it's a whole new style, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I think animation sometimes gets a bad rap sometimes, and I've come around on it, but I think that like, seeing a character that you love in live action and being like, oh, they're making like an animated movie, you kind of think like, oh, it's probably going to be less good, right? And then it's probably one of the, or maybe the best movie, I think. I think those are the two best Spider-Man movies. I and so. um, What I think is interesting is the timing of that first Spider-Verse one when it came out, it was at a time when people were, the market was kind of oversaturated with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I think there was a little fatigue and burnout. And they had no business coming out with that movie at that time. And uh, it's being awesome. Yeah, It's probably because they knew what they had, and they're like, there's no better time to put out a fantastic movie than right now. I mean, a good movie is a good movie. I I think that's the thing is, like, people will get burnt out, but they really only get burnt out if it's nothing new or creative or entertaining. You know, like, if it's the same thing, but they're coming out with amazing movies, nobody's going to complain, you know? Yeah, I kind of feel that way about the inspirational sports movie. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, they're doing a new one with curling. I'm excited to see it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So they haven't done that yet, but I'm waiting. Curling? You're, you're inspirational just curling? I don't know if there is an You're waiting for it? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're like, like uh, another basketball movie. No, when is I can curling? tell you what would happen. They're going to go to Ghana, Africa, and recruit these kids who live in a very dry Warm environment. Uh, they come to Canada. <laughs> they have to learn the ways of the ice. <laughs> kind of like the Jamaican, the cool runnings, you know, where <laughs> where that that's what makes the it dramatic is that what are these Jamaicans doing in a bobsled? So, <laughs> anyway, that's enough on that. Okay. Um, the Truman Show was another one for me that I liked it a lot the first time, but over the years, that's it's good... become sort yeah. of a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's well done. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And it's it, it's really it didn't even at the time at the time you watched it you didn't realize the social commentary. That yeah, that movie would have yeah, it's kind of more relevant now. I it think is. I think at the time like when you first watch it, it's just like an interesting premise where you're like, oh yeah, this guy you know he's being watched, and obviously like Jim Carrey being in it too is kind of like oh it's just like a goofy like. It sort of compels you to take it less seriously. And then on the rewatch, you notice, like, this is, like, a full-on, like, director at the top of his game, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. And it, and it actually, not it's not totally unrealistic. They just yeah. came out with that TV show Jury Duty. Have you seen that? Yeah. Where one of the jurors... Oh, my gosh. Did you watch that? Yeah, it's amazing. I love that show. And he, he's the, he doesn't know. And all these actors have him fooled, and I'm like, this is the Truman Show in a legal context in yeah. real life. It's awesome. Yeah. So, so Truman Show is totally believable to me now. I think yeah. it could happen. Um, and the fact that 
Wow. I, I didn't think about that parallel too. Cause like with jury duty, like you really root for the guy, right? That's kind of the whole appeal is he's a guy that you can relate to and you kind of put yourself in his shoes a little bit. It's the exact same thing. I have my doubts that when season two comes out, they'll find a main guy that's as charismatic just and nice. Lightning thing. in a bottle. It was. That, yeah. They lucked out. But they did audition like yeah. 32,000 people. Or so. I don't know how many. They could, they, I, they could find another guy. But yeah, that guy, especially like so nice. Guy, he was just kind. so genuine. Yeah. Did you know he has an agent now? And he's, really? <laughs> they're actually going to put him in some other shows and stuff. I've seen That's him. Cool. I've seen him. I think I saw him in a commercial. Um, and but I didn't know that he was going to be acting. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Okay, let's uh, let me ask you a couple questions. Let's so now that we've done our list, let's d- dig into a bit of the kind of substantive part of the show, the learning part of the show. Okay. I was wondering. What are some things that cause our view of movies to change over time? Ugh, this is, yeah, this is. This is like learning. school time, uh, right? He's like. I didn't know oh, I was going to get homework. Professor Stein. <laughs> I know Ezra likes these kinds of questions. Yeah. Um, I think. What? <laughs> I. Why'd you, why'd you point at me? <laughs> I pointed at you because I worried that you're always insulted by things I say on this. So I was like, I looked at you to see if, I wonder if Nick's going to be mad that I said, Ezra likes learning questions. Nick, on the other hand. Well, listen, uh, I'm getting class credit for this, I assume, so I will be answering the questions, but. Are you getting class credit? Well, I'm assuming this is part of, is this? This is part of the independent stuff. I mean, I shouldn't have said anything because now it can be, but. Um, Probably not. Okay, good. Then I'm not doing it. Ezra, go ahead. Okay, Ezra. Okay, um, I think think a big one is expectations. Okay, Um, I like it. Going back to my earlier example that we're all going to the World's Fair movie was marketed really heavily as like a horror movie. And then it's barely, you could barely even call it that. So I think going into it the second time, knowing it was like a character drama is part of what made my... I feel like they, they usually do that in reverse with horror, right? Where sometimes they'll market it as like not horror you know, they'll say, oh, everything's fine, bright, sunny day, you know, and then actually, like, there's a twist, you know. Yeah, I think we, I sometimes set my expectations too high. I, uh, and then I'm really disappointed in it. So I go away thinking that was horrible. And then I go watch it again with low expectations and then I enjoy it more. So wherever you, I agree, wherever you yeah. set that bar yeah. is going to And that's the message I try to send to listeners of this podcast too, is set the expectations low. <laughs> There's your nugget of wisdom for the for the the day from Nicholas Stein. Um, I was thinking about some too. I think, um, yeah, kind of related to what you said, the circumstances in which you first watch it. So, like, if you're tired or if you're sick, like I had the flu that one time. I was also thinking of social changes too. Like, um, one movie that I liked. I'm a huge John Hughes fan. Pretty much like all his movies. Uh, you mm-hmm. too. But um, 16 Candles is one that I think is absolutely horrible now. Very clever dinner. Appetizing food fitting neatly into interesting uh, round pie. It's a quiche. And it's just because of uh, the way um, the Asian character is portrayed. And there's just some, some gross stuff in that movie about how he encourages this kid to like take advantage of this girl while she's drunk. And it's like... Some of that stuff doesn't play today. Yeah. So I think social changes can have an impact. Um, not only social, cultural changes, but 
we talked about this last time with actors and their lives and what they're doing now and their level of popularity and how esteemed they are. And so all these things can kind of change um, yeah. your attitude. I think that's part of why American beauty kind of people like it a lot less now than when it came out. Just because the whole, like, it's too accurate. Kevin Spacey playing a character who's, like, attracted to this younger person just hits too close to home. Now. They're like, we didn't know this was a documentary. I was going to ask you, why do you think nostalgia sometimes trumps aesthetics? Where we're like, I like this movie because I like it. And rather than I like this movie because it's, it's good, you know? I think... Well, I don't know about that question because I think maybe nostalgia is more honest. Maybe nostalgia is just aesthetics that you're unable to appreciate because your mind has become closed over the years. And I think also nostalgia comes from like a more feeling place and that, and not so much intellectual. And a lot of times that's a lot stronger than I, I don't think it's wrong to think about movies like, yeah, like critically and be like, okay, maybe this doesn't work. But I agree with what Ezra says where like, for me, it's all about like how a movie makes me feel. And so that's why I kind of press my myself. I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask you after what Ezra said, I was going to suggest that kind of begs the question of why we should even approach movies critically or why we need to or why we have to. And I don't think we do. I think you're right, Nick. I think that you never have to watch a movie with aesthetics in mind if you don't want to. You can just watch movies that resonate with you and create a feeling in you. And then later in your life, it's interesting, that's what nostalgia is, is you remember how you felt. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons I'm a huge movie fan is because I still remember in my gut what it felt like mm -hmm. in 1985 to go watch Back to the Future <laughs> and think, I'm going to the movies three times a week for the rest of my life. <laughs> in hopes that I have that experience yeah. a few more times. I, yeah, and I, I honestly do think that, I think that it can be necessary to think about movies critically too because I think that that's kind of how you expand your horizons. And like if you, if you just take movies at face value, then you'll probably miss out on a lot of stuff. Um, but I think that they're both valuable. And yeah. I think that for me, like whether I, when I'm judging whether I like or dislike something, it's feelings, but then like, you also can take a lot away from someone else's perspective if you come at it from a more critical point of view. Yeah, you know? and I think a lot of movies do get better when you watch them more critically because you can appreciate like the craft that went into it. So I think that's kind of why re-watching stuff is so important because the first time you watch a movie, you'll generally go in from like that feeling perspective and just like let it wash over you, go along for the ride. And then you can watch it again and really understand like how the movie did that to you. Yeah. And I think, I think the thinking part of watching a movie really uh, is not very helpful if the feeling part isn't there. So like the feeling is like the foundation. And then you can build on that with the thinking because it's kind of like how Ezra was talking about Tenet. Like it's a very kind of thinky movie. And maybe it resonates more with Ezra because he's able to like, feel like what the movie wants you to feel yeah. and then he i will say about it right there's there's a line in the movie during like an exposition scene where the person like explaining everything says don't try to understand it feel it don't try to understand it feel it 
And that's so, there you go. That's yeah. Christopher Nolan telling you how to watch Tenet. Yeah, exactly. And but and then well, you can still think about it, but I think like you feel it first. And then... yeah, well, all three of us care about the feeling side and the technical side. But I do know people. I'm talking about you, Sean Manley, if you ever <laughs> who could not care less about the aesthetics of the movie. It's just like the gut reaction, like how how he feels about it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm just curious. I'm interested in that. Like yeah. how, and, and I don't think he's wrong. I think you approach movies however you want, but I agree with you that you can appreciate it on different levels. Okay, let's, let's we're winding down. So I want to do a little bit of a challenge. Okay. Am I going to lose this one too? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think this one's kind of set up that, you know, Anyone could do well, maybe. It's a little bit of guessing. Okay. You know? So it's not like in 1972, and then Ezra jumps in. Right. I know this one. I've got a list of the highest grossing movies of all time with the lowest critics' reviews. The challenge is to name. Why don't we start? You name one, Nick. Transformers. You think is on that list. Highest grossing movies. Is Transformers on this list? Yes, but which one? I don't know. <laughs> um, what do you mean you don't know? You just asked me last month to put every Transformers okay. movie. As long as we're talking about movies, oh, as long as we were talking about movies that we changed our mind about, <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, I wanted to watch it. I was like, I want to see some cool stuff, and then I couldn't even get through the first one. Okay. It was terrible. It's not the first one though. Ezra, do you have a guess? Is it? I don't even know the names of the other ones. <laughs> Battle for the Cube, which no, it's it's, the, I'm, it's probably the sec that the second one I know was made during the writer strike, and even people who like Transformers movies don't like that one. I don't actually. Kind of, what's the second one? I don't know. It's a it's Age of Extinction. Is that the second one? I don't know. It's not, I have no idea. I don't think so. Okay, what else is on the list? Um, Batman versus Superman. Nope. Suicide Squad. Yeah. That one is bad movie. Thanks. Suicide Squad has on there. Yeah, is it all like superhero movies? No, um, no, it's not. Mm. The Beekeeper. There's too many. That didn't make. Money. There's too many sequels. <laughs> that's a and that's a good movie. <laughs> all right. The list has too many sequels on it, making it kind of hard. Like I'll just tell you what these are, and then we'll shift real fast. Okay. Super Mario Brothers, the movie that just came out. It got bad reviews. Yeah. Not by the audience, by the critics. Oh, okay. The audience has loved it. So if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, it's like 50% oh, critics, 95% audience. 50 Shades of Grey, not one that I've seen. Twilight, Breaking Dawn 2, Pirates of the Caribbean, Stranger Tides, Jurassic uh, World Dominion. That one. Woof. That okay. was bad. How about, how about great movies, critically, that audiences didn't like, that just bombed? So these are great movies, critically acclaimed, totally bombed. Blade Runner? No, that's not in the top two. It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> My mouth's bleeding, Bert! Wait. Good job. Point for Nick. Uh, Shawshank? Shawshank is on there. Mm. One of your favorites, Ezra. Science fiction. Alien? Throw with the dragon oh, tattoo. The thing? Yeah. Um, one of our favorites that every time I talk to people, they have no idea what this movie is. Noon. Nope. 
Children of Men. Ah, that's such a good movie. Uh, Scott Pilgrim is on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Blade Runner 2049. Oh, oh okay. The first one did did kind of underperform. Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Yeah, that's it's ridiculous that that flopped. And then uh, I'm not is surprised it? this that one so flopped because even I did not expect it to be good. And that's Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. Yeah. So that, that was, was great. That was surprising. I think if you watch the trailer to that, you think it's just another one of those kind of straight-to-video family movies, but it was actually it's really stellar. Great. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think Rachel McAdams should have gotten a nomination for that. All right. So next week, uh, Nick, are you up? Yep, it's me. I like yeah. the idea of doing some Oscar-related, so I'll think about it. Okay. Get back to you. Okay, sounds good. Well, this concludes this episode of Movies the Podcast. We'll see you next time. Da, 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 da.